It's time for JT the Brick. Did I miss anything? If these guys on this team aren't as pissed off as I am by the coverage of the national media, the amount of disrespect I see this team getting, these guys should be angry and pissed off at the way they're being treated and looked at. Most people don't think that the Raiders are going to compete and do anything. They all think we suck. Always negative on the Raiders nationally. As the pundits are saying, we're a four-win team, we're a five-win team, but I am specifically calling out some of the loud voices in the Raider Nation. JT the Brick. It's Raider bias. It's the whole reason I'm on the radio is to just try to control the narrative a little bit better. Now I got your attention. On good days, we need to be great. Put that in a promo in three, two, and one. On good days, we need to be great around here. Do we all agree? And now, the Pipe Piper of Raider Nation Radio. Here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you. Hope you're having a great day. I am. We are loaded up again to get you going for the next two hours here on the flagship of the Silver and Black, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. We're brought to you by PT's Taverns and get your PT's jersey. What an unbelievable way. True reward members just need to earn 50 base points to enter. They got drawings. Uh, the drawings are big with the opportunity for two winners per tavern. PTs fuels the monologue, and they are behind the Raider Nation, and they got a lot of great opportunities to watch all sporting events, including the Golden Knights and everything they're doing as hockey season is upon us here. So we're excited about that. PTs Gold, all the locations that are there, the SG Bar, the places that I like to do, raiding the pubs, the prize pack, the countdown, two game day tickets at Allegiant, $100 ride share credit, $100 Allegiant bar credit, Vegas football game day gear, and more raiding the pubs right there at PT's Taverns. Great that they fuel the monologue as we're ready to go. Thursday is my day where I interview the coach. I just did. Interesting interview. Again, we moved on from what happened. That's the interview. It's looking ahead to the other opponent. I asked him about how did the team react after looking at the film of what happened in the home opener, losing he gets into that. You'll hear it tomorrow. Also, I think he gave me some encouraging news on Jimmy Garoppolo. I think, but I'm not here to quote it. We'll see what he says later on today when he meets with the media and there's practice and what Jimmy G's availability is like. But we talked about preparing three quarterbacks and how he has to do that, what the defense needs to do. Justin Herbert, you know, Justin Herbert leads the NFL in completion percentage at 74.5. And he's the only quarterback in the league not to have a turnover. Yikes. The team that doesn't have a turnover, the Raiders going up against the only quarterback who doesn't have a turnover. I don't like that type of party, but something's got to give. And look, everybody knows the national story. Chandler Jones is having a meltdown on social media, an absolute meltdown. And we wish him nothing but the best. And for him, whatever they're going to do to get him as much help as possible. I don't have to explain to any Raider fan. I don't. That what the Raiders do for their players when they're in harm's way, when they're ill, when they're sick, after they retire, why they're a player. I think everybody knows what the Raiders do. The history of Mrs. Davis, Mr. Davis, and Mark on how they care for their players. And Chandler's going through a really difficult time right now. I have nothing more to add. I've had nothing to say on this topic other than you could just read what he's putting out on social media. And it's very disturbing. And, you know, I had to interview the head coach today, which is not a big deal. But, you know, the coach cares a lot about this guy over the years, dating back to the former team. 
You can imagine what human beings are going through. And a lot of fans, not a lot, there's a few fans, rogue fans, that don't care about that. They care about everything but that. But human beings are going through a really difficult time right now. Uh, coaches and an organization that cares for a player, a player who's obviously going through some difficult times in his life. Uh, a lot of people are asking me, in my opinion, if I think it's affecting the team. I don't know. I'm not in the locker room. I'm not there in the coaches' private meetings with the players. I don't know what's happening there. But all the players are affected by this because they're all friends and teammates of Chandler Jones. Is that having an effect on the product on the field? I don't know, and I don't think you do either. So there's no need to debate it and discuss it. But the more he gets on social media and the more of this behavior that we see, to me the story is getting more and more concerning by the moment. And I hope that uh, I hope and pray that everything works out all right. Why wouldn't you here? So just wanted to bring that up because it's a big topic. People are texting me from all over the country what I know. I don't know anything. I don't. I interview the coach. I do a couple radio shows and podcasts. I travel with the team from time to time. I do the pre- and post-game show. And I try to give you everything that I got every show, all the information I have. I'm not hiding anything on Chandler Jones. Max Crosby, everybody else, friends of mine, uh, this is a very private matter that doesn't seem to be trending in a good direction. Not that it was ever good and the effect that it has on the football team. So that's it on that. I know a lot of people are tweeting about it and want some answers there. And you'll get the answers when the Raiders put it out and it's publicly coming from the team. What needs to happen in this game is alarming to me, okay? This is a big moment for this team this year. I really believe this. The season can go one of two ways here. It's still early in the season, and as I told you, when I put the schedule together, I'm not predicting wins and losses. I didn't go check X, check X. The only opportunity I thought that the Raiders had the entire year to do something special were the next three games after this one. Okay, so I think Green Bay at home, Jordan Love, Max Jones at home, the Patriots, and on the road at Chicago was the moment for this whole season. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. So I'm not saying make or break because it's a long season and I got to be here every day and I don't want to say make or break and then have to do nine weeks of radio when I said make or break. You get that? It's different than a blogger or a YouTuber who can scream at his fake background and do that. That's not what we do here. Not that there's anything wrong with the YouTubers. I just became one. YouTube channel live, JT the Brick YT. And I'll go on that pretty soon to talk about some stuff. But this is a moment where I don't know, I actually don't know what's going to happen to this team. I don't have a gut feeling, which is very different for me. Because normally my gut feeling is, hey, man, let's go. Let's ride. Let's go get a win. Let's go get it, and then everything will be good. I don't have that feeling now. I don't have a negative feeling, but I don't have a super positive feeling. I'm kind of in the abyss. I'm in the no-man's land of the Raider Nation, normally a place that I'm not in. So I tweeted out the famous video. It is famous. It's my number one trending video of me on the sidelines in San Diego for the last ever Raider game at the Chargers there. And this will get a big look today because people need to look at it. As I lost my mind in front of, I thought there were 50,000 Raider fans. You know, everybody's busting the Raiders' chops for all the fans that come into Allegiant Stadium. I get it. I can't defend it. But I remind people that the Raiders have done that in the past in other stadiums. They've done it in San Diego. They've done it in L.A. They've gone to other stadiums out west where they've had a real big turnout. 
you know, 10,000 plus fans in Denver. Fact, not fiction. 10,000 fans or 8,000 in Kansas City before the Mahomes era. The Raiders have traveled really well. But now that's getting lost in the shuffle here because we're seeing other fans travel to Allegiant Stadium. And they're coming in because they just want to see the stadium. And, yeah, fans are selling them the tickets, and it is concerning. It's not disturbing to me as a season ticket holder. I look around. I'm, I'm sitting in a section with a bunch of Raider fans. We like it. I'm up in the booth. But, yeah, I see it, and I can't avoid that. But the Raiders will show up big in L.A., and I hope the Raider fans really help this team out on the road. They're going through a lot. They're going through a difficult time right now, and I think everybody understands that. They're not getting any breaks, which is a big thing I talk about in sports. Athletes prepare to be great. Coaches prepare to be great. I've never seen that problem with the Raiders under Josh McDaniels. There has never been a preparation issue with this coach. He is a stickler for details. He works really hard. He's completely focused. He knows the other team's defense and offense as good as other coaches like I've never seen before. He, so he, he's completely engulfed in everything that has to do with preparation. But the ball's not bouncing right, and the team's not playing well, and the team's not doing the little things that they have to do. So I talked to George Atkinson today on my drive from the mean streets of Summerlin all the way into deep, deep, deep Henderson today. And I talked to George for about 20 minutes, and we had a good conversation, not so much about this team, but about his life and the way he played. And he talked to me about the way he played safety. And George did a lot of work back then just looking at real film. It wasn't digital. Everybody know that? In the 70s, they actually had to go in a room and put on a film, a reel of film, and set it up. And George would do it with Jack Tatum. And he would do that, and George taught me because I, I started with George, and about preparation. And George, in this conversation we had, was talking about the way that he looked at the offensive line on the other team. He studied film, so he saw if a guard bent his shoulder in a certain way, it'd be a run. He would look at the footwork of the tackles. So he would call his keys. He called it my keys. I made sure all my keys were in place. So I knew if it was going to be a run or a pass or all that. It was really a fascinating conversation here. I should have had it with him on radio. But I, I just rem- what I took away from the conversation with George today was how much work that he did in a scheme that they were very comfortable with, with much better players than the Raiders have now. See, George played on a team that had just better players than the players in this organization now. And these players are paid a lot more money. They drive Bentleys and Mercedes, and they live on top of hills overlooking golf courses. And in six paychecks, they make more than George Atkinson made in his entire career. But the work ethic is still the same. And as George pointed out, this team works really hard. He's involved with the team. So the preparation is going to be there. I talked to the coach about getting the quarterbacks ready. He didn't tip his hand to me, but hopefully there's better news coming on Jimmy Garoppolo. But this team needs a moment. Something's got to happen in the next week or two on the field that can change the outcome of a game and maybe flip the season in a positive direction. Because a lot of fans aren't happy about the long-term outlook of the season, and I understand why. If you look at the way this team played defense and played offense against the Buffalo Bills and the Pittsburgh Steelers, there's not a lot to be optimistic about. But that can change if they play a good game, if they play an excellent game. And Marcus Peters last week dropped the pick six after a Devontae Adams bomb 
which we got behind the, uh, the, the safeties and made a big play, that could have ended the game. Peter's interception pick six could have ended the game. It could have. Probably wouldn't have. Pittsburgh's good. They would have came back and made it. But it probably would have been enough points and momentum to win the game. And he just dropped it. And I don't fault him for that. It's a drop. Normally he catches that. So what needs to happen in L.A.? I'll go first. In L.A., something big needs to happen early in the game. Okay? A bomb. A a big 35-yard run by Josh Jacobs. An interception which is hard to do, or what I think is the most important thing, a vicious play. I think of a play in the rivalry that George Atkinson, and again, I'm not encouraging penalties, but some type of hit that makes it on the national cable outlets and saying, oh my God, look at this hit, and look what the Raiders did to get back into the game and into the season. I really think that needs to happen. And I think that this defense under Patrick Graham, has got to do something different. I'm sick and tired of people telling me it's the scheme, it's the zone, uh, they don't have enough good enough players. Too bad. This is who they have. This is who they have going into battle. Do something different. Corner blitzes. Linebacker blitzing all day. Stunts. A different look. I mean, if if you're going to put Merrick out there, put him in the box because he doesn't do anything deep. He doesn't knock any balls down or catch any balls. So put him in the box. Have Nate Hobbs play outside corner. Outside corner. Put Bennett on the bench, Jacorian Bennett, maybe on the bench for a little bit and let Hobbs play his position. And put in another safety, Isaiah Palomal. So you have Palomal in. You have Bennett possibly in. You got Hobbs playing the outside instead of the slot. You got Diablo blitzing like Lawrence Taylor off the edge. And all of a sudden, it looks different. And then you can go, all right, you know, Patrick Graham, the Raiders lost. But, man, they look different, man. It looked exotic, man. Guys are flying around. Do something. Get out of the soft zone. Get out of laying off receivers 8 to 10 yards. Put your hands on someone like I often say when Kelsey comes to town. And, oh, my God, this Taylor Swift stuff. If that doesn't piss you off as a Raider fan more than anything else, it's Taylor Swift. By the time I have my first coffee, my wife gives me 10, 10 Taylor Swift Kansas City updates. She loves Taylor Swift. She lo- I mean, she travel and go around the world for Taylor Swift. And now I got to get Kelsey updates with Taylor Swift from my wife every day. Trying to sit out there with the dog, have coffee. Look at Taylor Swift. She came in on a pop, uh, hidden in a popcorn machine. She's going to MetLife Stadium. She's doing all that. I'm like, I don't care. I hate Kansas City. I want the Raiders to win. So I, I, I digress. Back to the game. I think we need a defensive show today. Bobby and I agreed. I think we need a defensive show today. We can't do anything without the quarterback. We don't know what's happening. I got nothing for you. I was a little encouraged sitting down with Coach McDaniels. I am encouraged, and I'm very blessed, even though you're struggling with the coach and that, that I have the opportunity to him walk in a room and it's just me, and I get 10 to 12 minutes to talk football with him. And it's not you suck and the season's over. It's trying to be progressively looking forward to how to fix this. And I thought today as I was driving back into the studio with Bobby, Let's make the callers at least have something to talk about with energy. Let's talk about this defense. We know what's going on in Chandler Jones's life, and that's it. That's not a topic for this show. 
We know that Max is ready to go. We know who's playing on the team. What do you think that needs to be flipped or changed? Because when you play an opponent like Justin Herbert, here's what tends to happen with every team around the league. Holy crap, you get more conservative. Then you go, you play your safeties deep. You don't want anybody behind you. Okay, then you tend not to blitz because this guy will tear you up if you blitz him. So I remember a whole bunch of Raider footage from back in the day from being around the team of guys destroying John Elway. I mean, guys coming off, Greg Townsend, Howie Long, I mean, they were coming off the edge. Guys were flying, and they were taking Elway out, and Elway's one of the greatest players of all time. I put Justin Herbert at the same age, at the same level of John Elway. I don't care what you think or not. That's my opinion. He's that good. I think he's elite. I think he has the ability to be at the level of Dan Marino, who never won a Super Bowl, and Justin Herbert got you know, lost some big, lost a big playoff game. I respect this kid's ability to be insanely great at the level of Mahomes. So you better tell me something about the defense, how to get to this kid, because we're not going to lose this guy. This guy's going to be at Allegiant Stadium for 10 more years and at SoFi for 10, minimum. And we got to figure it out. And if Patrick Graham has the juice, the juice to have a big game, I would suggest that the defensive coordinator have a big game. I would suggest he goes down blazing in this game with a couple of risk-reward plays because the Raiders are going through a little bad luck now. They're not getting the bounce. They're not getting the break. They're not getting the flag. They're not, you know, they're not playing to their ability. We know that. What can the Raiders do defensively in Los Angeles on Sunday, in your opinion, to flip the season? Two and two looks unbelievable. Man, I wish I could gravitate to two and two. I can't without knowing who's playing quarterback yet. If Jimmy's cleared, I'm all in. I think they could go win the game, but they have to play much better than they played at. With Aiden O'Connell playing, they it's one of those you can shock the world type games where I think he could win. Hoyer, I think it's tough. You have to really shorten the game, run the ball, really conservative. But that's not what the show's about today. The show's about the defense. And I'd like to know your opinion on the defense, 702-365-9200. Bring the energy that I bring. Bring the defensive energy today that I brought to the monologue, and let's see what we got. Chris in West Oakland, lead us off. Go ahead. Hey, JT. I'm glad you said what you said about Chandler Jones. Just only thing I'll say on that, this stopped being a football issue a long time ago, and it's now a human issue. And just whatever's going on with this guy, I hope he gets the help he needs, and that's really all that needs to be said about that. Uh, I'm glad to hear you talk to George Atkinson. One quick thing going back, I don't think people give credit to George Atkinson and Jack Tatum for being as cerebral as they were. Everybody, you see the NFL films, you see the clotheslines, you see the headhunting. Tatum and Atkinson had almost 70 career interceptions between the two of them. These guys were smart football players in addition to just being flat-out badasses. And I, like I said, I think that's one of the things the Raiders are lacking now. They've tried to recreate Tatum and Atkinson with the hitting but without the ball skills. But, you know, again, I'm glad to hear George is doing okay. As far as the game coming up, I'm going to get a quick hit to the offense. Hope Jimmy G plays this week. 
I don't believe the Raiders can sniff a win, JT, without scoring 30 points this week, and I don't believe they're going to score 30 points by running the ball, grinding it down, and playing defense. I think they're going to have to have some explosive plays, and obviously if Jimmy G plays, that helps a lot. I don't know if he doesn't what it's going to look like, but let's slide over the defense. You want a defensive show? I'm going to disagree with something you said. They haven't played up to their ability. They are playing up to their ability, JT. This is who they are. They aren't very good. They don't play the football. This has been an ongoing problem year after year after year. We change coordinators, we change players, but we draft the same kind of player. Now, I agree with you wholeheartedly about one thing with Patrick Graham. Let's do something different. If you're not covering, you said it about Trayvon Merrick. I'd send him on a, either sit him down for a Palomalo or send him on a blitz on every play. Same thing with Diablo and Spillane. Come off the corner. Do something different. Take some chances because if you just rely on players' abilities, they've kind of proven they're not going to find the football. I don't believe we haven't gotten the breaks. I don't believe we've made our own breaks. You know how you make breaks? You, you pick off a tip ball. You play the ball instead of the man. You catch it when it hits between your numbers. I know Marcus Peterson didn't drop that ball on purpose, but damn it, he still dropped it, and that's a game-changing play. The Raiders aren't the Steelers. They're not the Ravens. They're not, you know, they're not the Niners with an elite defense that's going to get multiple chances at turnovers. You're only going to get a couple, so you absolutely have to have to take advantage of them when you when you get them this this week. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to I'm not going to call tomorrow JT, and I'm not going to predict the loss. I'm going to predict what the Raiders have to do. They can win this game and still get chewed up by by Herbert. They can give up three or four hundred yards to Herbert, but you got to make them pay with two or three turnovers. You got to bend and don't break, and you've got to hold them to field goals instead of touchdowns. Now, a lot of it's going to come down to the health of Jimmy G and the offense, whether they can get there or not. But if this team, and, and here's what worries me the most: styles make fights. The Chargers aren't the Broncos, and they're not the Steelers. When teams go in to throw on every down mode, the Raiders have been powerless to stop them. The Chargers will have no problem letting Herbert throw the ball 50 times on Sunday, unlike the Steelers and the Broncos. So in those 50 times, the Raiders have to find a way, whether it's a strip sack, a pick six, something, the Raiders will not win this game, JT, without at least two turnovers and a couple of game-changing plays. I'm talking about a strip sack inside Mm -hmm. the 10 or the red zone where the offense is set up on a short field. The Raider defense has to help the offense out. I don't believe the Raiders can score 35 points necessarily on their own. I do think they can score 35 with just a little bit of help from the defense. And, oh, one other thing nobody talks about, how about a big-time punt returner just once? We haven't had a great punt returner since Tim Brown, for Christ's sakes. We watched Jalen Richard for years. Let's help the offense out, setting them up on a short field. That being said, I can't call tomorrow, JT, so thanks, we'll Chris. see how it is. Thanks, man. I'll talk yeah, to you Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for calling in. Get us going there. Uh, that's the type of call I usually like to have to start the show. If you want to come in and feed off of that, please do. 702-365-9200. Two great punters in this game. Two great punters. And Coach McDaniels truly believes that special teams could flip this game. He does. He said that in the press conference. We didn't have enough time to get to it in my interview, but I heard him say it in the building. Special teams is going to play a big role here. And the coverage of the tight end, because they have a good tight end, Parham, who has three touchdowns already in the red zone. That's all we're saying. Today we're talking about defense, because I think we need a defensive jolt to get it going. Defensive jolt. Who on defense do you – how about this? How about this? 
Who on defense do you believe needs to sit for a couple of plays, kind of send a message to that player, and who do you think needs to have a big game other than Max? Take Max out of the equation and Devontae out of the equation. We know what they can do. Who's going to be ready for L.A.? Who's the L.A. wrecker? Let us know. That's a big part of this. Look, the season can go two ways after this game. We all know that. This could be a pivotal moment to change everything up. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but you better believe I have the energy to hope it happens and to try to get some fans fired up for it. What could happen in this game? The Raiders can pop, have a good game, not a great game, a good game, and the Chargers could charge her. They always charge her. They always do. Someone's always hurt. Two guys are always hurt. There's always someone missing. Raiders are in the game. Could come down to anything. I unfortunately just can't see it. I don't know what it is. I'm hoping it's the defense. 702-365-9200. Brought to you by Resorts World, the Doghouse Saloon. Great place for Thursday night football on top of Monday night football on Sunday. It's right there when you go in. You park. You come down. You'll see that beautiful theater with Carrie Underwood right next to it's the Doghouse Saloon where they have the sports book right there. So I see a lot of my friends sit down at the high top tables ready to order some beverages. And I go, they said many times, where's the sports book? Right there. It's right here. Go place your bets. Come right back for your food, your drink, and then the entertainment after the games, which is at the level of Resorts World, five-star. All right, we got James Smitty-Smith, the boxing analyst in town. I'll be ringside for Canelo. I'm going to the fight on Saturday night. Schmitty will come in and give a quick preview of this, a gambling preview. If you want to bet this fight, you should. If you're betting on meaningless crap college football games and you didn't even go to the school and you can't name two players, you should be gambling on boxing with Canelo Charlo. He's going to have good information coming up. Lee Sterling's going to give you three games for free. He was 2-0-1 last week. He's winning on our show. Vince Sapienza on the Golden Knights and Johnny Katz on the launch of U2. I mean, going quarterback to quarterback, team to team, I'd say that it's probably more of that adjustment of the, the timing than when you have the same guys because we're out there working together to try to get the same. You know, they want to want to have it look pretty universal, whoever's in there running the route and whoever's throwing the ball. So, um, you know, it's a little bit of a difference, but nothing that a week of practice can't, uh, you know, we can, we can go out there and work with it. Turn it up. Got to get some fans excited. Got a big weekend here. You two at the Sphere. How about that? Golden Knights are back. Raiders are on the road. F1 is right around the corner in the fight. Uh, Canelo, T-Mobile, Charlos, James Smitty-Smith joins us, the great uh, boxing insider, good friend of mine. And, Smitty, I know we both have a heavy heart on the loss of the Colonel. Bob Sheridan passed away. He's called more fights than anyone who ever lived on planet Earth, and he was a mentor to you. Tell us about his life. Uh, a little as a little ball boy for the Miami Dolphins. And I, I first met the Colonel in like the early 70s as a ball boy for the, the Dolphin team that went unbeaten and also at the Fifth Street Gym with Muhammad Ali. And he would let me sit ringside when he was calling fights on radio. And later on in life, I would end up calling tons of, uh, of fights with him over the years. And uh <laughs> It, it was just that he had a marvelous life. As you mentioned, he called more fights 
over 10,000 than anybody in history, more championship fights over a thousand. And, uh, some of the memorable fights, of course, like the Rumble in the Jungle and the entire career of Mike Tyson and Julio Cesar Chavez. Um, he, he was uh, truly one of the greats, and he was a character uh, just like he was a great broadcaster. He had one of the great lines that, I ever had, that he ever had displayed with me. Uh, I was sitting as a kid watching a fight with him that he was doing on radio, J.D., and mm-hmm. In a, in, a, in a point in the fight where there wasn't much action going on, Bob was calling action, and I asked him afterwards, there was a lull in that fight, but yet you, you were making stuff up, and he said, kid, never let accuracy get in the way of a good broadcast, and uh, <laughs> that was the, the colonel, and uh, he, I was lucky enough to be there for his induction in, in Canastota, and uh, we were both members of the Florida and Nevada Boxing Hall of Fames, and I, I loved him. Yeah, I, I really cared for him, too, and I knew he'd listen to the show and he'd comment on it. Then I'd see him in the media room for all the big fights in my life, uh, covering it here in Vegas, and he will be deeply missed, and uh, I'll get emotional during the 10 count on Saturday night. As we get to the fight, Canelo, this is a unique opportunity for him. He's already made all the money. He's got the silk sheets. He's got the mansions. He golfs now. All the distractions that you know fighters tend to get after they've made hundreds of millions, not millions, hundreds of millions, especially with this the zone contract. What's his motivation going into this one, and how does he look? Well, he hasn't looked good in his in his recent fights. In his last two fights against John Ryder and Triple G, the trilogy match with them, he faded down the stretch and uh, just did not look like the redhead that we've come to know over the past uh, mm-hmm. you know fifteen or so years watching him fight. What he's fighting for now, he's already cemented his legacy as a first ballot Hall of Famer at, in Canastota, and that's where the problems might lie. And I think that Jermel Charlo is getting him perhaps at the right time because for Jermel, this is a legacy fight. Mm-hmm. For Jermel, it's his ticket to Canastota if he's able to pull off the the upset in this one so the timing of this matchup and the styles of the of these two really have me interested I don't get that interested in 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 typical fights anymore but this one because of my history with Canelo and what I see in Jermel what he's capable of um, you know makes it so interesting you know for Canelo Alvarez he just needs to be the the redhead we've we've come to know combination punches to the body and head and he needs to try to be a little more consistent do a better job of cutting off the ring and and showing more stamina uh, than he's shown in his last few fights where he's faded down the stretch now Jermel Charlo interestingly enough he's two months older than Canelo, but he's still a lot fresher, JT. Mm-hmm. He's fought 26 fewer fights, 216 fewer rounds. He's also taller, longer, and faster than Canelo. So you can see why. Uh, I, I don't think Canelo's size will be a problem, but the magnitude and gravity of the event. Canelo, for him, this is just another day at the office, but for Jermel, it's everything. Schmitty joins us, the great boxing analyst. And, Smitty, i got to ask you where we are with the state of boxing. Every year I say the same thing to all my friends. 
Boxing's great. You just got to go find the fights. And you got to go find where they're at, and they're on competing networks. And some are for free. Some you got to go find. It's pay-per-view. We know how it goes. But it's very important to the Vegas economy. When you can get a Canelo fight on a Saturday night, considering what's going on in this city, I still think it's a really big deal. Is it at the level of Floyd? No. Is it at the level of De La Hoya Trinidad back in the day? Possibly when Canelo was at his peak, and it'll never live up to Mike Tyson, and when me and you would sit near each other during these great heavyweight Tyson fights with Holyfield. But how important is a fight like this to deliver? You got two really good fighters. One has three belts. The other has four. This unification here, this is very important for the sport to get more eyeballs on it. Agree? It, it is, especially when you mention... You know, you mentioned the Mike Tyson fights. The, the best heavyweight on the planet right now is getting ready to take on Nganu. I mean, the, the, the UFC guy, um, and, and, and a guy who's never even had a fight. So boxing is a mess right now. We don't have uh, time in this segment to, to talk about it. You did bring up the most important element, the fighters. We have a lot of great fighters here in the U.S. and all across the world. There's tons of talent. The talent pool is there. The structure sucks. It's the worst it's ever been in my career. And I just hope that uh, it will in some way, shape, or form, you know, what is that great line Larry uh, Merchant said about boxing? You know, you, nothing can save it. Nothing can kill it. Right. So let's hope that something uh, just getting behind these kind of fights, because trust me, this fight, and I'm not – I don't overhype things. Or, or this is really could be a really hell of a, a fight yeah. on Saturday night, uh, and a fight that I think Jermel Charlo has a great shot at winning. Are you picking him to win as we wrap it up? Well, it, it's it, everybody's picking Canelo. It's conventional con, uh, wisdom to pick Canelo, but it's not sexy enough for me to pick Canelo. So I'm going with Jermel to pull off an upset. Uh, I think he has what it takes mm. if he can handle the magnitude of the event. So do I. I think Canelo's had an unbelievable career, but this is definitely a fighter now as we take a look at the odds here. Canelo uh, minus 425, Charlo plus 325. I look at this fight and what could happen here. Super middleweight, undisputed championship bout here and what could happen overall. I just think Canelo is a heavy favorite because he's Canelo. This is a live dog in Charlo who matches up well. Hey, last thing, when I see a Charlo for the first time, as I recall it, what's the difference going to look like in the ring? Is he, with the ability to put on weight after the weigh-in, is he going to look bigger than I expect him to up against Canelo? I hope not, because he, he, what he should do, he's, he typically walks around at a buck 70. He's mm. been fighting for the last year, you know, 10 years at a buck 54. He's already bigger in, in, in height and reach. All he needs to do is, is use his lateral movement, not languish or lounge on the ropes, and he'll, and he'll be just fine. But uh, mm. he's got all the skills to pull off. The, if you're betting this fight, you have to find a bet where you pick Jermel to win the fight by decision or, or mm-hmm. better yet, score a, a score a stoppage. Nobody's ever stopped or even knocked down Canelo Alvarez. So there's got to be wow. some wonderful prop bets there. Thank you, Smitty. I'll see you ringside. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, JT. You got it. There he is, James Smitty Smith. We got boxing in. If you're a Raider fan, go with the flow.
I'm talking boxing. I'm talking hockey. I'm talking everything. If you Raider fans are asleep today, which I know you're not, I'm going to wake you up again. We play in the Chargers. Gave you a 20-minute monologue on the defense. Chris called in to get us going. Let's get some Raider fans who think that they could beat the Chargers. If there are none today, I plan the show accordingly. But if there are some Raider fans who are still alive with me on the lifeboat, 702-365-9200 as we roll on here. Brought to you by the Black Hole. I know they're alive. Black Hole uh, fans have been the foundation of the nation. 40 chapters worldwide. Did you become a member yet? I saw a lot at eye candy. Wow, they packed that place out. What a party. Go to theblackhole.com and become an official member of football's most notorious fan base, the Black Hole. Hey, we got three games coming up for free from Lee Sterling, who's on a roll. Don't miss it. He's coming up next. Love throws, right side, back, Sarah, leaping, grab, Romeo, death, touchdown, Green Bay Packers, sensational throw and catch, oh my goodness. Keeping an eye on the Packers, they're here on Monday night, the Raiders got to win that game, you want to talk about a must win, we're in must win category when the Packers come, I have no problem with that, but first the Raiders on the road in Los Angeles, uh, before we get to Lee Sterling quickly, Today's my mom and dad's 60th wedding anniversary today. Thank you, Bobby. So a big day today. Just got a text from my mom and dad. They're uh, doing a little dinner, a little casino, stay back east. And uh, my mom and dad today, 60-year wedding anniversary today. Very excited about that. My heart is with my parents today, as always. Lee Sterling joins us from Paramount Sports. Wow, 2-0-1 last week. Lee, you had a couple. Hey, Lee, as we begin, you nailed that Oregon blowout of Colorado. You saw that thing coming a mile away. Yeah, I, I just felt that this Colorado team had had everything go their way. A uh, team like Oregon plays fast, has a good offense, was going to expose them, and that's what happened. I just want to thank you for everything and congratulate your parents 60 years that's amazing my my parents were married 54 years before my father unfortunately passed away and had one of the best lines someone asked him how many how many years you've been married he goes 54 happily married six (laughs) (laughs) there you go let's get to the role that you're on i want to start off with notre dame duke my son's going to that game Uh, i'm excited about that he's back east and he's kind of flew uh, flown through a couple of cities with his job there Uh, notre dame the heartbreaking loss to the ohio state they were the better team period i watched that game and ryan days yelling at lou holtz after the game and they got the win i gotta tip my cap to him they got the win is this a letdown or a rally moment for the fighting irish well just just a note there ryan day and all the celebration and all the excitement probably made the wrong move should not have kicked the extra point because if it was blocked and returned for two points they would have been headed to overtime right. so um, a lot of people didn't realize that, but uh, that was one of the great games. Florida State, Clemson was amazing. This could be a third here. I think the letdown here might happen for Notre Dame. Why do I say that? It's tough. I've been in that situation. You lose a heartbreaker to get back up to face a very good Duke team. As good as Sam Hartman is, and he's special throwing the football, I think Riley Leonard might be better. He can run the football. 
He can throw the football. He's a leader. I think he's a top five player in college football. Mm. He might be the leader if he has a big game here for the Heisman. I think Duke's defense is underrated. They are plus six in turnover ratio, and they're twelve and four against the spread. The last sixteen home games, wrong team favorite. Whoa. Duke outright twenty three twenty over Notre Dame. Duke outright over over Notre Dame. We'll remember that one as we always do. ParamountSports.com. Lee Sterling joins us. Cleveland, Baltimore. This is interesting to me. The line change initially it was Baltimore minus one and a half. Now it's minus three, minus two and a half. I know you have it at two and a half here. Cleveland's defense is the real deal, and I was shocked that Baltimore lost to Indianapolis in overtime. Yeah, the biggest acquisition for Cleveland, in my opinion, defensive coordinator Tim Swartz. He has turned out huge for them. They rank either first or second in scoring defense, defense total yards, run defense, and pass defense under this guru. The Browns have also elite offensive and defensive lines here. So you control the line of scrimmage. You're going to win a lot of games. I know that they lost their star running back, Chubb, but they've got enough speed at running back, and I think they can make almost any back look decent here. The Ravens, they were outgained by the Texans opening week. They caught the Bengals the following week without Joe Burrow in sync. And I think this team is just down too many starters to keep playing at a high level. Also, the offense transitioning to this new passing offense. I don't think it's clicking yet here. I like Cleveland, 28-20. Yeah, I like Cleveland, too. Cleveland's defense, to me, is blowing me away at all points. Garrett, the linebackers, the defensive backs, they're really good. Big test for Baltimore. And then finally, before we uh, get the game of the week, uh, it's amazing. Miami won by 50. You're down in Miami. We're talking to you down there, and they're an underdog. I don't think that's probably ever happened in the history of handicapping that a team that won by 50 and are undefeated are an underdog. So I, I saw that Buffalo bounced back against the Raiders in a big game. So I saw them recently firsthand. Line opened up, Buffalo minus 3.5. I see it at some 2.5. You have it at 3. Tell us about this one. Yeah, the Bills, you know, have looked good in the last two games. They outscored the Raiders and Commanders 75-13. When they're clicking, you know, they are a tough, tough team to contend with, especially at home. But I look at two things when I look at games first. I look at injuries, no major injuries either way. Jalen Waddell will play in the weather. The weather for this game is sunny, 74, and a 0% chance of rain. This favors Miami. Watch his Buffalo defense. Without Von Miller, he will not play. He's on injury reserve. And I think one of their cornerbacks and both safeties have lost a half a step to a step you lose a half a step covering these receivers or these running backs. It is good night, Irene. 28 to the gate here. Last team with the ball wins it. With getting a touch a touchdown or a field goal, you always take the points here with a better offense. I like Miami here, 38-35. Should be another one of the great games of the season. Yes, it is. It's clearly the biggest game in the NFL. No debate. It is Miami and Buffalo. That's a big one. Hey, your game of the week, normally it isn't. It involves the Raiders. Raiders, Chargers, Raiders need a big bounce back. We don't know what the status of Jimmy G is yet. We know the Chargers will always make a mistake or two. Their coach goes for it on fourth down. Big rivalry game. Both teams are one and two right back in the division race with the win. How do we get this one? Yep, anyone wants to get it, uh, be just one of the first 10 callers. Call 
800-400-9741. Again, the number, first 10 callers, it's on me, 800-400-9741. What a run it's been. 26-10 and 10 the last three weeks on our games, 32-15 and 15 on the season. Anyone wants to come on board, we don't call it October. We call it October. You get not four, five weeks of games, just $347 with coupon code SAVE100. One place, ParamountSports.com. ParamountSports.com. Lee Sterling, first 10 callers, gets the Raider game. Thank you, Lee. We'll see you next week. Good luck. Thanks, JT. Have a good one. You got it. Lee Sterling joining us as we open it up here. 702-365-9200. I don't bet. I don't bet Raider games, but we put people who are in the business to try to help you there along the way. Bet with your wallet, not with your head. Mike is in Pomona, California. Mike, thanks for checking in and waiting. Go ahead. Yeah, I just want to say we got to play the kid, man. I don't know about Garoppolo. We need to go with the young. He's played in there in the preseason, Mm -hmm. and I think we're ready to unleash the kid. Well, I think you got to play Garoppolo if he's cleared. I mean, he's not going to go to the bench. But you like if 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 he's not – what are you saying? If he's not cleared or cleared, you want the kid either way? No, kid either way. You said it yourself. Carnello made all the money. Garoppolo's already made all the money. He has nothing to prove. Come on, you know Jimmy. You know Jimmy G came here to want to win. To say he has nothing to prove, he came here to win. Daniels, they just came for a paycheck. Goodbye, you're an idiot. Goodbye. This guy just came for a paycheck. That bozo from Panola. Yeah, he just thinks these guy coaching the quarterback came to get paid and lose. This is what I, I luckily don't have to deal with in person. I have to deal with normally not on the phones. I only have to deal with it on a little bit of Twitter from time to time. So there you go. That's what I do for a living. And I'm proud of it. I got a college degree, and I take calls from people like that for a living. I made my living doing that. It's unbelievable. When it's all said and done, I'm going to have to say, Bobby, that I made my living talking to Mike and Pomona and taking calls like that. But, hey, man, it beats putting out oil fires. You know, it's, it's, it works. It's worked for me. <laughs> when we come back, we'll get into uh, Johnny Catch. You know, U2 opens. I'm excited to talk to him about that. I'd actually like to go. I'd like to go to the opening of YouTube, but I might wait a couple of nights or wait back to go on that. You know, people like to go the opening night. Uh, yeah, why not? It's a sphere opening night. We'll talk to Katz about how that looks coming up here. Vince Sapienza, the Golden Knights played last night, and the captain of the Stanley Cup champs got annihilated into the boards. He was fine. He came out of it. What was that all about? That was one of the hardest hits I've ever seen in my life in a preseason hockey game to the champs at home. And Vince Sapienza is going to join us, and he got the audio in the locker room. We're going to play that for you. It's really good coming up here on the other side. So stick around. Uh, Raiders are at the Chargers. And, man, I this is what I get paid to do, get the Raider fans going. Raider fans are dead today, dead today on the flagship to me. And I'm the authority on that of 25 years of talking to Raider fans. They're dead today. So we're going to get them up because the Charger game's here. And it's feeling like it's go time. What do the Raiders need to do on defense to have a moment, a spark, if I do say, to get it rolling? Brought to you by Grimaldi's Pizzeria. It's the best pizza I've ever had.